Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports tips, ratings and education which enables you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com and start boosting your betting bank immediately. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Winning Edge Racing Review Show. Before we're joined by our expert analysts to look back at the feature meetings from Saturday, November 17, we'll highlight a couple of the winning services over the weekend. On Saturday, Dean's Tips was up 18.4 units. It was another huge day with winners including Asiago at $17 at Newcastle and Teleplay at $13. The service has now delivered 127 units profit over the past six months at 23% profit on turnover. It was also a winning day for John's Analytics, up 5.2 units, and this service is now up 56 units profit over the past five months at 15% profit on turnover. The Trial Spire was also up 1.7 units profit, finding Tilia Rose to win nicely on debut at Newcastle, and was also extremely unlucky with the second placing for great news at Kembla Grange. Luke Murrell's tips also had a winning day, up one unit, and that was mainly due to Taxigano at $11.10 at Ascot. We'll now bring in our expert analyst to go through the day's racing and we're joined by Cameron O'Brien from WA Tips and Ratings and Mark Roden from New South Wales Tips and Ratings. How are you guys? Yeah, good Brad. Thank you very much for having us again. Yes, no I'm very well too. Nice to be here. How are the weekends for you guys? Just to run over the two, um, two meetings, Friday night and Saturday. Um, and uh, close to a couple of big results, but uh, good to have another profitable week anyway. Yeah, my, my week was really quiet this week in, um, in, in WA because there just wasn't that many bets I explained on the emails. There just wasn't that many coming out this week. We only outlaid 4.3 units for the week. We had a winning week anyway, one, one and a half units, which is you know, with 34% on turnover is on, on a small outlays, but it's, it's a win. But yeah, so it's been a bit of a quiet one. I'm looking forward to that picking up. Um, there's obviously really good racing coming up, so we should have more action this week anyway. We didn't have a show last week, but it would be remiss of me not to mention that you gave Val and Declare, the Melbourne Cup winner, a very big push to our listeners. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. Um, trained by my cousin, so it's been a pretty, pretty sort of good moment for the family as well, and a uh, good moment for Australia, good moment for the world. Um, <laughs> Global <laughs> you know, scale. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really liked, actually, out of the race though, um, I really thought Surprise Baby was an enormous run. Oh, it's um, huge, wasn't it? Was slow, was so slowly run. Um, the way it wound up down the middle is incredible. I, 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 I hope everything's on track for a Melbourne Cup tilt next year because it'll go really well. Yeah, not much went right for him. And yeah, I hope no. he comes back bigger and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the replay again. Just watch its last 50 metres. It's incredible. It's, it's much, much more in the tank still. Yeah, it was a huge run. We'll start by looking back at some of the main races at Sandown. And we had a zero taking out the Sandown Cup. And this was one identified by Dean's Tips and Luke Murrell for winning edge. Yeah, uh, one well, it's a 3,200 minute special. It's actually rated really well. It's rated as sort of 112, 113, somewhere there, and between the, between those two marks. And uh, going on the back of its 110 that it did winning at Eagle Farm in the Queensland Cup earlier in the year, it's just a real 3,200 metre horse. You know, it might have been the wrong 3,200 metre race with a rating like that. If it, it would have been up there in the Melbourne Cup somewhere. Um, it's won really well. Wall of Fire's gone okay, but uh, uh, and Nerf Bosque in third has got back to some of its overseas form. Uh, getting it's got its figures up a bit up towards 111, we did 114 to see. So, so that's actually gone well. The race has really gone quite well this year. It's not always a great race, but our staying race is starting to get better, and that one's gone well. I just, yes. Can I just say, I think, um, he would have, 
I don't think he would have beaten the finish of the Melbourne Cup uh, the way it was run. I think he um, yeah, said it was really, truly run this race for a 32 meter race, the complete yeah. opposite of the Melbourne Cup, actually, even though it was a small field. That's a good um, point. Yeah. yeah in, in, um, in the Melbourne Cup, he wouldn't have been able to sit sprint, but a figure like that would, would have him in those kind of races generally. He got his conditions. He, yeah. Yeah. Truly run 3200 suits him. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's right. They, they, they did. It's, it's rare to get a 3200 meter race where they go genuinely like that. And he really did appreciate it. And uh, some of the other ones sort of dropped off. But yeah, just, just a real stay up. What did you make of Stan? He was an, he was an early favourite for the race. Uh, just, yeah, it, it was there to win. And then it just um, it just fell away late. It just it had a lot of weight too. So it, it actually went pretty well. Its figures were pretty good. Um, it's got better overseas figures earlier in its career. But um, uh, well, it had its chance really. The, the right horse won the race. It, um, it outstayed it in the end really. And then we had Pretty Brazen taking out the Sandown Guineas. Yeah, in the same case, it hasn't rated that high. And and if you watched it, you'll have seen that they there was a lot of horses up there, pretty close to one another at the finish. Um, pretty Brazen's only gone 102 on my scale, went 104 to start before. In fact, um, uh, it was it was just sort of moderately running, and that yeah, it was pretty bunched. A horse like um, uh, a horse like Heart of Poussons didn't sort of know what it was doing. It, it led, and then and then it just sort of green looking around the straight. And then when it got back to the rail, it sort of fought back again and nearly won the race. So I, I reckon it'll improve. It's, I reckon it's the one out of the race. You won't have to put blinkers on it or something like that. Um, <laughs> They've got a bit of work to do, I think, with him. Yeah, yeah but, yeah, but if he matures and that kind of thing, he'll become, he'll become a good horse. But the race hasn't gone all that well. Banquo sort of held its figure it did in winning at Flemington. Um, and that sort of showed me that that was the right mark. The race. I, I just can't really push it up. It's, it hasn't gone that high, but yeah, harder poissons would be the one long term if it, if it can mature and, and start to work out what it's doing. Yeah, I, I think with harder poissons as well. I mean, apart from he's obviously got psychological issues as well, but um, <laughs> Mark Zara just slowed up way, way too much on him um, coming off the off the off the back. Mm. Uh, just looking at the individual splits here, he uh, he did eleven four four twelve hundred to ten hundred to find the lead, back to twelve three six. Uh, for the next split, and then to 13.52, which was actually yeah. the slowest in the race uh, from the front, and that's that's where he lost concentration and just, did, you know, he obviously was getting the wrong signal from the jockey. It's like, what what, what are we doing here? And um, he's yeah. too immature and inexperienced to to pick up properly again. But then he found line really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's pretty alarming. Change of pace. All jockeys from time to time are guilty of that. You know, that you're going too slow. They think, um, you know, if you're in front, the slower you're going, the better. But um, mm. Maintaining momentum at any position in the field, I think, is far more important. Yeah, yeah. There's there's an optimal there's a, there's an optimal pace like for a horse to go for a leader. This is, um, um, and it's it's it is not crawling as Mark's suggesting. There's an optimal sort of pace to give that leader the best chance to win the race, and it, it's below even, obviously, because then they can sprint home. But you can, as Mark said, you can go too slow, and it doesn't benefit you at the end of the race. Yeah, you yeah. you, you want to go sort of moderate pace to give your leader the best chance for mine. Then we had Southern France dominant in taking out the Zipping Classic. Yeah, it was coming from back. Um, it just sort of outstayed them as well. It just really wound up. It liked Sandown, didn't it? Being able to get out in the middle of the track and wind up down the middle. It's rated 111, which is pretty good. It's got overseas figures of 116, so it's a serious horse. Um, it's got 111 second start in Australia. And, um, and yeah, went well. The race hasn't gone super high. It's gone better than that in the past some years, but that's still not bad. I mean, Miss Sisk has gone 106, which is about the, about the equal of what it's been doing lately, and 107 for Chapada. And and there, there wasn't there wasn't big margins in the race, so it hasn't raised super high. But the winner did go well, and yeah, he's obviously going well. And 111 is a good figure. 
has he improved out of the Melbourne Cup? I know he didn't have much chance from where he was, but has he yeah, gone? Yeah, to... he's, yeah, he's gone four lengths better than his Cup figure. Um, and but as I say, he's, he's got he's got better figures overseas. So uh, I, I assume they're going to be spelling now, unless they're going to send him to Perth or something. But I assume they'll be spelling. If they do, then come back in the autumn, he might you know hopefully for their sake get up towards those 116s in Sydney or something like that. Well, flick it over to Mark, and we'll go through a couple of races at Newcastle. We had the $1 million Hunter. It seemed like a very nice day up there and well received by the locals. How was the day for you, Mark? Uh, okay, I finished slight behind on the day. A um, couple of near misses made the difference. But yeah, it was a pretty good day's racing. And um, most importantly, that was uh, that was the fairest track at a major New South Wales meeting on a Saturday we've seen for a long time. It's, a, it's one of the best tracks in the country, yeah, um, Newcastle. And um, obviously not being in a capital city, it can't get the uh, utilisation it deserves, but it, it was it's a fantastic track and it played really well on Saturday. And in the first race of the day, you were on Falcon Island, but the race was taken out by House of Cardia, who you were semi-keen on. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. I, I sort of messed this race up, or messed my advice up a bit here. I had two bets to monitor, um, Falcon Island, as you said, and the winner, House of Cardia. Um, I... Uh, I wasn't, the drift wasn't alarming on Falcon Island. It did get a bit easy late, but I think that was just more a case of the, um, the market percentage coming down and horses sort of finding their, their level in the market. Um, there was a bit of money for a couple of others, um, but I, I didn't think the market was dead against Falcon Island. I thought the fact he was on a seven-day backup was going to be a plus for him, but he, um, I, in the end, it wasn't, I don't think, because he, he, he never settled. He over-raced and he's rated well below his best, actually, uh, in running fourth there. And I actually marked the winner, House of Cardia, 480, but decided I wanted a bit of a value edge to uh, back him, um, back her, sorry, as a, as a sort of uh, additional bet. And, um, yeah, wanted 650, which it wasn't really going to get to. You, you could you could snip a bit of 650 on Betfair, and I heard from a couple of people who did, which is good, but I've, um, I've been too greedy in my required price there in House of Cardia. And, um, yeah, I've got, uh, funnily enough, the horse I wanted to... Uh, bet around was Rapido Shaparo, even though I priced it second favourite because um, I thought any betting drift on him meant that he was over the top and that's what happened and that's why he raced. So uh, I had three man chances in the race and um, left the door open, unfortunately, on the winner. One I'd like to keep an eye on uh, was well backed. I, I actually, I didn't find him myself, but Sir Pippen, um, I think having his, in his second preparation now for Chris Warrett here, my second or third, he, he's gone to a new level um, there in, in running second. Um, he, he's um, certainly made improvement and he's more than capable of winning in this class on a Saturday in the coming weeks. We then had Asiago taking out the spring stakes and she got to around $32 late on Betfair and this was one which was found by Dean's Tips. It was over $30 on Betfair. That was a, a great find. He's actually had a fair bit of luck with this horse. He, um, I think he's been on it two or three times during its um, preparation when it's won. So, yes, yep. he's done very well out of Asiago. Um, she was, sure, she's just got back to her, her New South Wales form. She failed at Mooney Valley and her trip down to Melbourne. But uh, back on, uh, back at home, she was back to her best. The race was really all about um, Rule the World, the short price favourite. Um, it was another bet to monitor for us, but we never really looked like getting on it. Um, and I thought he was quite disappointing, actually. Um, he led, got an easy enough lead, um, gave a bit of a kick at the top of the straight, but it was quickly beaten. And... Um, because of that, it was left to these horses like Asiago, Game of Thorns, and uh, Don and Kim, who had, had reasonable figures, but not uh, anywhere near the level of Rule the World. 
uh, to fill the placings. Um, a couple of other disappointing runs in the race too. Cavalmo, who was very heavily backed from the Wallace stable, uh, he missed the start a bit, but he really didn't do much. And IndyCar, who had been heavily spruiked as a you know a bit of a flashing light horse, had no luck, uh, has a big finish on him, but he couldn't get into the race from the inside gate either. And yes, yeah, so he ended up with um, yeah uh, three ruffies who actually had fair form um, filling the placings. Pretty low rating for you know a so-called Group Three race, but um, all the three place getters at least, and maybe even convinced Fourth are capable of winning city races, I would say. Um, yeah, Game of Thorns is probably the one with the upside. Um, yep. I would say she, yeah, she's the most likely raced, I think. And uh, um, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, as I say, probably the one with the most upside in the race. And probably further the better for her as well. Yep, yep. yeah, uh, she made good ground. She'd, um, she was very good at Newcastle provincial meeting the start before as well, um, making good ground there again. So. Yeah, she'd be one to follow. Then in the Hunter, we had J-Mac producing a great front-running ride on Sabatiano to take out the million-dollar race. I uh, a bit annoyed at myself on this race too. I thought there were three winning chances, um, namely um, Graf, Sabatiano and Tactical Advantage, and I backed two of them. And uh, <laughs> winner. It's a well played, isn't it? But um, <laughs> the thing I was worried about with Sabatiano uh, was that she was the one that had drawn... Uh, an outside barrier was either going to be caught wide or used up, I thought, to get to the front. But um, yeah, McDonald's got to the front easily enough. Um, di- uh, didn't didn't loaf in front. They were running along. They they went at a good good clip, and she, she was just too good. She kept going. Um, there was a bit of uh, muttering, um, social media, etc., about Nash Willer's ride on tactical advantage. Perhaps he waited too long, and you could make that case, but. Um, the thing about tactical advantage is he has a devastating turn of foot, but it, it's only really about a 200 metre sprint. Yep. He was out to 1300 metres for the first time. And um, if he had, from where he was in the field, uh, if he'd been like circling from the 600, trying to make a big run on a limb, his run would have ended for sure. Uh, Nash was clearly riding for that. He was trying to pinch runs inside. He just got, he was just a little bit too far back through, no real fault of his own. And the leader kept kicking. Um, he's run really well tactical advantage, but um, yeah, the winner was better. Should mention Graf, I suppose. Um, you know, this is one of those benefit of a hindsight things, though. He was originally uh, set for the Everest, didn't get a slot, so they sort of freshened him and reset him and set him for this. But it's, it's hard to do that, you know. It, when all his early spring prep would have been aimed at the Everest in October, now we're in you know mid late November, and um, yeah, had to reset the preparation um, and that late market drift again too. Yeah, it, the writing was on the wall pre-race for him. And in the last, you were on Leviathan, who missed the kick and uh, ran second to Burning Crown. Oh, look, I think he had his chance, but um, the, yeah, I'm not going to claim in any way, shape or form, he was unlucky. He, he beautifully ridden. I think, I think he had every chance. But the way we have been unfortunate, I suppose, is this, this thing, Burning Crown, has just jumped out of the ground. It was well backed, backed off the map, really. Um, He's jumped straight to the front and a bit like Sabatiano, just kept going at a, at a high speed. Leviathan uh, had a lovely trail, got out of the top of the straight, looked the winner, and um, he's actually rated up to his best, um, which I was convinced was going to be more than enough to win the race, but uh, I didn't reckon on Burning Crown going to a new level and um, upsetting a, the uh, upsetting the apple cart, really, and that was a, you know, nearly a, a six-and-a-half, seven-unit difference to my, to my weekend there. Um, yeah. uh, and... 
I, 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 you know, even though I got beaten, I maintain that's a good bet. That's the sort of bet I'm, I'm happy to be having. And, you know, in a horse like Burning Crown, sort of uh, has his birthday and goes to a new level and beats you, you've just got to cop it on the chin, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll take it and move on. Um, anything out of that race to, to follow? It, the race itself is rated really highly. Um, okay, so Burning Crown's shown that he's got that sort of ability in him, but um, if he uh, turns up as a short price favourite at his next start off that peak, I'd be I'd be wary about taking it. Um, Leviathan, um, I'm not suggesting I'm going to get any flash odds about him next time just because he's been beaten first up, but the fact that he's actually, uh, despite running second, rated up to the level of his best uh, that he showed in the uh, in the winter when he ran second to Funstar suggests that that might that could even be you know a, a platform for him and he's com comfortable at this level. He's the one I think that could go on to win um, better races than this out of this field. What about from across the whole meeting? Was there anything which, which took your eye? Uh, I think Game of Thorns, as you mentioned, was a good one. Um, the two-year-old race, a bit hard to rate being the only 900-metre race on the card, but that, that's rated quite well for horses this time of year. Both the winner and the second horse look uh, promising. Tilia Rose and Redout's um, image. And uh, in, in the in race eight, uh, there's the favourite, Mishoreb, um, who at face value, a bit like Leviathan, looked to have his chance and looked a little bit disappointing, but that race is, is rated really highly too. That winner, Strom, is capable about once of preparation of pulling out a big, big run like that. She did it last prep when she beat um, the good mare, Real Men Ruby, at a pretty big odds too. Um, so having having rated that race now, Mishoreb's actually gone um, pretty much up to the same level as he did running second to run the air the start before. So he's certainly worth following in the same grade. And... Um, you might get a price him because he, he, he did look a bit a bit plain um, to the naked eye, but I think uh, yeah, figures wise, he's going to be right in anything in this class that he contests. Another big week for you with um, got Rose Hill on Wednesday and then Hawkesbury Thursday, Gosford Friday, and the, the big race at, at Canberra on Saturday. It is a it is a big week. Yeah, we've got that the sort of extra meeting at Gosford on Friday. Um, yeah, so we've got those four, and um, plus they're. they're backing up with these, the Saturday Provincials at Gosford on Saturday. So they're racing at Gosford Friday and Saturday, plus the big meeting at Kemble. So, yes, there'll be plenty to uh, keep me out of mischief this week. All right, so we'll go to, back to Cam and we'll go through the feature races at Ascot. We had yeah. uh, we'll kick off at the RJ Peters, had Mississippi Delta taking out the race. Yeah, Mississippi Delta. So this is one of Bob Peters' horses, and it's uh, come back at a new peak first up from a spell. So it's um, it's obviously gone well. It's going well. It's gone 107. It won the... Won the uh, won over twenty four hundred at the end of last prep and went on the Tattersalls Cup and then it ran in the Perth Cup over the same trip. Sorry, won over twenty two hundred. Perth Cup was twenty four hundred, but it's come back. It's come back going one hundred and seven better than those figures over fifteen hundred in the in the well in the RJ Peters Stakes first up, and um and so it's gone really well. It, now he's he's got Bob Peters has got lots of horses coming back at new peaks first up, which is interesting for me. Um, his prep, it's one of them, Star Exhibit the week before came back. Well, Star Exhibit came back at its best, also a 2,400-metre horse. One, at, one first up, going 112, yeah, as I say, the week before, um, over 1,400. So, yeah, there are, they've got something uh, in the feed bin down there that's clearly working. And, uh, and, uh, and Mississippi, Delta, Mississippi Delta hit the line so well that you've got to keep following it this prep. It's obviously going really well. Platoon, who ran second in the race, showed showed that the, the time and sections were right because it's it's held its figures going 103 consistent at one its two two previous runs going 103 and it's done the same again but and uh, we were on Tamaza in the race who at 10 or 11 dollars and was backed into 650 or so uh and hit the front but um but couldn't sustain couldn't sustain it and the other Mississippi Delta burst through and you know flew to the line it's the obvious one to follow out of the race uh 
because of how well it hit the line. And um, yeah, it's gone, as I say, it's gone 107. And that, that doesn't look to be its top, given that it's better suited over further. And I think she's heading towards the Kingston town. So yep. whether she can improve again in what, three weeks' time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I don't know if they'll go second up into that or if they'll have a run, but uh, but that if, that'll be the target for sure. And so, yeah, 109, 110, 111 looks somewhere, you know, that looks the range of what it can get to. And that, yeah, obviously makes it a good chance. That, that'll be a really good race. And then we had race six, the Ascot Gold Cup, and that was taken out by Taxagano, taking out the short price favourite, Forceful. Yeah, Forceful went around short price over uh, Williams and Pike. And uh, yeah, another one of these runners, but it got knocked over by Taxagano, who sat wide most of the way. It's just been in really good, fo- really good form. It's just been, it's just holding its form. When it's gone 106, 107, 105, several times his last few runs, then it's gone 160 sitting wide. So it's gone really well. I mean, it's, it's at its top. There's no improvement for it, but it's just racing really well. And, you know, $9 is a pretty good price because the favourite club was really short, $1.75. It's only gone down a half head. Missile Launch, uh, who we were on twice when it was slaughtered twice and then weren't on when it won, of course, um, raced, raced wide. Uh, sorry, yeah, raced wide a couple of times in those. This, this one, he hit the front and nearly took it out, but just couldn't find more the last bit. Uh, Fry Fox was really unlucky in the race um, and got out and ran, ran on. So it's in form. It had more in the tank. It just it didn't see runs. But the one I want to follow out of the race, as I say, tax gun is at its top, so it's racing well, but there's nothing more. Prize catch, who ran fifth in the race, was only uh, second up, I believe. Yeah, second up from a spell and found the line. Well, it was the last 50 metres I liked and, and over the line that I liked about it. I thought it found the line really well. It wants further, so I think it's back well and we'll have a good, pre- a good prep as well, prize catch. So it's, it's uh, in my black book uh, from that race. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely one to follow for the rest of the prep. And then we had Tuscan Queen taking out the WA champion Philly Stakes over the mile. Yep, really good win. Flew another Peters horse. It's gone well. Um, and it's gone 103, but it was 103 plus for me. Uh, it, it got got back. The pace is okay. Got back and just motored down the middle of the track and really was really good on the line. I think she's got more coming. Uh, I think she looks like a natural sort of 108 filly uh, at some point this prep. And um, and uh, and yeah, so she's obviously quite good and quite promising. She's one to follow, but everybody everybody knows she's one to follow. She was short short odds, and she'll be short odds in whatever she goes in. Uh, she might not be backable, but I will certainly wouldn't be betting against her. Uh, KC was the other favourite in the race. It was two dollars eighty eight, and um, was the SP, and and she got back to last, but she and, and sort of ran on. But she had the back of the favourite in the run. Um, she had the back of Tuscan Queen, but she she couldn't go. She didn't have a turn of foot to go with her. She sort of made ground down the middle, but that's what she does every start. She, she's one of these bit of a tease like that. I mean, she she's been winning races, but now when she come up against a really good one, Tuscan Queen, she couldn't uh, couldn't sort of go with her. She was good, but yeah, would have liked to have seen a little bit more. Definitely for me, Tuscan Queen's the one going somewhere out of the race. And she could be backing up in the Guineas this weekend. I know she or she's second favourite for the race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that. That be if they're going to back her up, then she's obviously. If they do back her up, then she obviously come, has come out of the race well. That'll be a sign that they think she's improved again, and she might get up to 107, 108 in that race, which would make her a very strong chance. And then we had the Colonel Reeves Stakes, and it was a big win by Flirtini. Yeah, well, the pace was on. So Flirtini gets back generally, and well, midfield to back, but it was back a bit further than normal here because the pace was on, and it just managed to it just really appreciate it. Um, the leader in the well, Misty Medal uh, just went. Just went out a bit hard and and it set a really good tempo and the Celt sort of appreciated that too and hit the front but Flirtini just it was set up for it it just got it got over the top and went really really well it's it's sort of like Texcano it's race race 
racing really well at, at the top of its game. It did 108, winning the start before. It's got 100, several 108s, 109s uh, now in its career. Did, did those twice last prep. It's gone 106, 108, 108 so far this prep. So racing at top, you know at its top, but then it, then again, if it's doing figures like that all the time, you might say, well, maybe it's got more in it down the down the track. But um, this race was kind of set up for it to go well. Uh, I don't really have anything to follow out of the race. Um, yeah, because they're sort of at the top of their game. And, but Flotini has one really well. Really motored down the middle, but the pace was on for it. She's second favourite for the winter bottom behind tracking. Do you think that's warranted? Uh, yeah, I'll have to see who else is in the market to really know if it's warranted. It's, it, it probably is. Tracking's figures are a little bit better on memory. Yep. Uh, and, and so... And so, yeah, look, that's probably about right. I'd want to see who else is in the race. That's a couple of weeks away to win the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's two weeks' time, isn't it? But uh, uh, trekking's, yeah, yeah. trekking's figures are a couple of lengths better. Uh, when it ran third up in, up in Sydney, it went to a best of 115. One at Caulfield going 114. So, yeah, well, Fertini would need to go more than its 108, therefore, to, to be able to win. Maybe it can, as I say, because it is, it is finding these marks consistently now. So maybe it's got another level in it. But... Trekking's already done the job. Alrighty, and uh, it's a big weekend coming up on Saturday, but any horses to follow out of the races on Saturday, which um, we haven't already yeah. touched on? Well, not, no, they're, they're the ones, the ones I mentioned are the ones I want to follow. Mississippi Delta's got a good prep coming up, as does, yeah, well, Tuscan Queen's already got a good prep happening. But Prize Catch is the one I'm looking for to improve in subsequent runs, uh, especially as it gets out of the more ground, that's not as obvious as the other two. Perfect. All right. And a uh, big weekend on Saturday with the railway stakes. So yep. I think you'll be putting out a video for... Yeah, absolutely. So. I will. I will indeed. I'll, I'll preview that for sure. Uh, and then there's the guineas as well. We might even try to get a preview done for the guineas. We'll see how we go there. But definitely do one for the railway. Um, it looks... Yeah, it's always a good race. It's a really good race. High rating race. High rating horses. Gadding, you know, uh, war horse. We went on the 150 to 1 at Melbourne a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, so look out for something later in the week. I'll be definitely doing a video preview for at least the railway. As we mentioned before, we've got the, the gong uh, at Kembler on Saturday, $8 million, 1,600 metres. Typical um, racing New South Wales fashion that they've um, put a million dollar mile handicap on the same day as the railway. But um, mm -hmm. we, we've come to expect that from them. It's um, As I said about the Hunter the other day, you'd probably get the same feel for 250000 but yeah. this is the world we live in now. Yeah, they're just trying to... Nobody else is allowed to have a carnival. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, WA's got, got a lot coming up. We've got Wednesday, we've got Ascot, we've got Geraldton on Thursday. Narrogen I'll have a look at. We'll do the specialist track, Narrogen on Friday. Then Ascot, obviously, with a huge meeting on Saturday. Then Bunbury Sunday. So a big week ahead. I'll be look, I'm trying to look at as many races as I can. Esperance Saturday as well. I'll probably not worry about Esperance Saturday. But, um, yeah, we've got, you know, five meetings this week. It's a big week for WA racing. Fantastic. Yeah, the gong race doesn't really look like uh, much for... A race for a million dollar event. It's pretty average. No, no. I mean, um, you'd start of the season. It was placed in the Epsom minute. Um, Eldorado Dreaming and Lover Lover, who both ran well um, behind Realm and Ruby in a, you know, pretty run of the mill Group Three mares race last time. There. Yeah, this is. I don't think you'd be clamouring for Group One status for this uh, new race anytime soon. It looks more like a listed race to me. Rather watch the uh, railway and the guineas over in Perth. So. Yeah. 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 Sure. No. They've, also, they've also got the Bong Bong picnics on Friday, I've just noticed. So. Yeah. 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 Bong Bong Cup Day, there you go. Yeah. Have you got, you got a set for there, Mark? Uh, I haven't. Uh, funnily enough, I, um, many years ago, when, well, a few years ago now when I was at Sportsbet, I actually, I think I was the first person ever to, uh, at a corporate to price up the Bong Bong Cup. <laughs> and um, I, um, 
uh, there was Gay Waterhouse took a horse down for it, which I oh, uh, priced evens, and it um, started seven fifty on track and ran last. But uh, oh, it was a bit off. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, have a good week, and all the best for the on the punt, and we'll, we'll catch up next week. No worries. Thanks, Brad. At Winning Edge Investments, we have a team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters who review the data, crunch the figures, and assess the best betting opportunities, which are then delivered straight to your phone or inbox in real time so that you profit.